Here we go. Hot seat, what? Episode five? Maybe? I'm not sure. Episode five, four or five. We'll go with that. Um, And I said in the Facebook post about this, the first one, that everyone should join because we'll all go through uh, some emotional turmoil and then what? So emotional eating, discipline, depth, health a lot. And I think that probably led to some of the more experienced people in the group knowing who that was going to be about. as in people that have been here longer and then some of you will still be guessing. So today I am going to be fairly ruthless with Danielle. So Danielle is going to be put on the spot. Um, I'm hoping for tears. If there's no tears, it's been a poor <laughs> episode of the hot seat. I'm talking, we want Tam tears. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody and, wants a little, and a little bit of bullying to go <laughs> on. So obviously if anyone thinks I'm being harsh, we've had a disclaimer message to make sure we're feeling good here. Like, so don't, don't yeah, judge me. We're trying to probe someone that talks from probably every experience. So that's kind of the idea. But what I'm going to do is as always promised. And this, this question was a good question. Whoever asked it last. James. It was James, isn't it? And yeah. the question was in terms of a fitness journey, what does success look like or feel like to you? And then he said in bracket, well, I put in bracket short term or long term. So fitness is important there. Yeah. So for me, um, it is now about having gone through so many different things. Um, it is now about showing up. Um, for me, it's not necessarily chasing the pbs it's not necessarily um striving for getting that quicker time on the run and stuff for me it's actually doing what i said i was going to do um like for example like at the minute i am only going out and doing 5k i've got the capability of doing a lot more but i'm turning up and saying i'm going out for a run and i'm doing it and that to me is success okay I'm going to uh, go with a loaded question then. Mm-hmm. Surely, as a coach, as someone that's done a photo shoot, as someone that's been in a programme for a long time, surely doing or just showing up is a poor goal. Why is that sufficient? Because you not, not at the moment, no. Right now and currently, it's not. For so me, then- um, it's when I say showing up... Um, that to me is I'm doing what I say I'm going to do so I'm saying that I'm going to manage my emotions at this current moment in time by using fitness yeah and I'm not putting extra stress on trying to strive for the pbs for trying to strive for taking a lot of time up with a long run and things that I'm capable of doing I'm going out and I'm doing something that's going to control my mind. That's where I'm at at the so minute. So then that would be uh, short term. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Cool. So, all right then. So I'll go then. Talk to me about your experience with health and fitness before transitioning or before following into this coaching. So you had coaching before. So you yeah. include that, but before you join me and this group, Talk to me about your experience with health and fitness. How was it? Um, was it? It was never success, never successful in terms of the goals that I was setting at the time. 
Um, for me, it was always, always about how I looked. It was always about being, getting to be the skinny girl, getting to be the girl that was going to be happy because she looked a lot better. Um, it was the girl that didn't need to open up about anything because she just looked great and she was always going to be happy. Um, and it actually would go in major ups and downs of I'd, I'd be majorly, majorly committed and then something would come along emotionally that would not, would stop me. I, I would have other than my coping mechanisms were never linked to fitness. They were never, um, I never looked to those to be a fix for anything. So then the either bad eating or the binge drinking um, and things like that would then would come up. And then I'd take probably up to a year off sometimes and then get back into it again. And it would always be never, ever linking it to how I actually felt. It was always just the aesthetic side. Um, and then going to other coaches, I never felt I never felt I could open up to them about how I was feeling um and things like that and always just ever always set my goal with them to be kind of how I looked aesthetically yeah and that was yeah that was pretty much it so obviously I know I suppose I know, I met you in the gym, the old gym, when you was with mm. said other coach. And this is obviously nothing to do with that person at all. Um, and I, and you're right, like you disappeared for six months where I said to him, I was like, where's, where's Danielle? Like, and it was just like having a bad time and stuff. But so you said, and this leads me to my question that I'd already written down. You always had a goal that was linked to aesthetics and then when things were ups and downs, that led you into habits that didn't serve your your aesthetic goal. And you said about bad, bad food, which we don't use the word of anymore, but that's how you felt at the time, and binge drinking. So then there's there's an addiction side there, right? Like, because mm. that, that your coping mechanism, and this will relate to many in this group, uh, even conversations that I've had today, was that your negative mindset wherever that come from whatever that trigger was led to destructive habits how far did that go because I know that we've spoken about it in terms of eating and I think many of us in here will probably relate at some point to emotionally eating in fact all of us but the drinking stuff inside like how much did that set you back how did that affect you um so the drinking side of it massively, massively affected me. Um, I, For me to write the post on Facebook today was a real big thing for me. I don't like telling people that I'm not okay. Um, and for me, the drinking was basically my way of being able to turn around and be like, oh, I cried just because I drank. Um, and it got to the point where I was drinking pretty much every night of the week bar Saturday when I lived in London. Um, I was lonely. I was 
I was always around people um but I was really like lonely I missed home um and would just basically go in these cycles of go to work in the morning jokingly say to my housemate we're not having a drink not well we'd walk past the pubs that we'd been at the night before and say that we're not drinking tonight by about half 11 I'd messaged her and one of us had messaged each other and said we need to go for a drink tonight and that would be a Tuesday and then I would just keep feeling like shit through the week and just keep drinking and drinking and Saturday was pretty much the only time I didn't drink because I either did come home or it was just too expensive yeah and then would lead to Sunday the kind of Sunday dreads and drink to forget that work was coming on the Monday and stuff like that so and so obviously a negative cycle but then also then that's affecting your body image and your aesthetics so then you pile a shitload of pressure back on yourself right so then yeah. you start that negative cycle over and over again because then all of a sudden it's Sunday night and you're still not good enough is that fair yeah. okay yeah. so we'll we'll park that and we will come back to that because I think it's something that's so easily ignored in the fact of how important it is and and I suppose the theory behind fixing some of those things are easier than we think the action of fixing is not um so why did you sign up why did you join what would have been T2 fit at a time um you did you did a deal initially you did something yeah you did no you were doing some an eight-week challenge which I actually think I did my, um, I think I did my progress, my first progress photos, and then didn't actually do any single bit of it. I don't yeah. That. yeah, no, I did. And then, um, and then I, I'd gone through a breakup um, and had started running. I was living back at home with my parents um, and loved them to death but um hated being there all the time so I joined a running club to run away from my problems um, and quite literally remembered once I started once I started running with them I basically remembered how when I did the London Marathon um the one thing I learned was I basically ran the first half in less than two hours and then my back went and I just learned so much, but never put into practice about the diff- the benefits of like resistance training to help you as a runner and stuff like that. And I actually did join you and had some rich somehow, and I don't know how and what changed, but my goal had become to be a better runner. Mm. It wasn't about how I looked and I did actually have in my head your body's just going to change when you do this because running just seemed somehow running had just become this new coping mechanism and I wasn't drinking and I wasn't yeah doing stuff so your your cue of stress and trauma which then led your action to drinking or binge eating became a habit that probably enriched your life because you get got your endorphin release and obviously those things and you said to me at one point about fat loss and the first thing I said to you was, like, you're not ready for fat loss. And I said that you're not in a position to lose fat. But what 
when I said that to you, and, we'll, and I'll explain why after, so that there's context, how did that make you feel? Um, at the time, I was gutted. I used to see other people on your Instagram stories and things and think, but they look, they look like they're doing fat loss and they look like they've done this and things like that. What am I, what am I, what am I doing differently? Why am I not ready? And things like that. And it really, initially I, I felt like that, but then I think it led me to what it actually did was it led me to ask you why and try and understand that why. And before I would have just accepted, no, yeah. I would, I would have just been like, I'd, I'd have been annoyed and I probably would have got to the point of being like, well, this isn't for me. Mm. Cause you said to me, and this is further down the line, you then said to me about doing a shoot. And what did I say? Initially first response. You said no no you're not doing it yeah because your health wasn't in a position to push so when I said then I'd come back to it Danielle was not in a position to be pushing for fat loss not everyone is always there not everyone is ready straight away to lose fat sometimes it's about working on other things um so I said no and now obviously I'm sure we all know that Danielle did one and obviously saw the results but by saying by saying no that forced you to sort your shit out, basically, didn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So then when I say no to you to doing a fat loss photo shoot or whatever, and you was using running, what did you then what changed? What's what was the switch? What what was the thought process for you actually then going to sort the shit out, the sleep, the nutrition, the training, the movement and stuff? If what was that switch? Because you'd been signed up, you'd come on, you wanted to become a better runner, we was working towards that. Your goals are diversifying to be met by a no from your coach. Something has to change there to then move that on. Um, so there were a, there were a few there were a few things to be honest. First and foremost, well, no, one of them was because I was looking to do my PT qualification. Um, I wanted to coach and I didn't want to be a failure or look like a fraud. Um, another thing for me was I grew up with, I grew up with a mum who, and I'm not looking at the screen right now. Um, I grew up with a mum who um, had severe mental ill, like a severe mental illness, um, and I have always, always said I would never be like her, um, and I just wanted to be able to confidently say that I did enough I've done enough to not be like her Mm. for me mental health and mental illness are two different things um and we had this conversation earlier and mental health I think covers so many different things and and how you feel and stuff like that um that was a big driver for me 
um and and a lot came up last year um with her being like diagnosed with motor neuron disease um and things so that was another key thing and then the other side of it was again I've been on medication ups and like I'm on a crazy amount of medication for my thyroid and I wasn't doing I personally didn't feel I was doing enough I put in this tablet in my body every day but that is purely just to stimulate a hormone that my body is no longer creating Mm. there were so many other things to it but then building on kind of building on what those those things that you needed to do to support that as well and I think obviously probably you and I resonate quite a lot about the whole mum situation obviously we've spoken about that quite deeply which I could probably press but I'm not going to but I, I don't do, I honestly don't mind if well, you if you like I don't mind because it's there and it is not so you said there obviously and you put in your Facebook comment which makes this question open up to the masses anyway obviously he's talking about your mum and then your previous addictions and habits and kind of the emotions but interestingly fitness and health is obviously a part of your life now mm-hmm. and you're obviously you've had that grief have you done those same things no why no What's I, um because you're still struggling like we know you're struggling you put it in the facebook group you've been very honest yeah about that. so why have um, your changed because i know how for me i know those i know that those immediate immediate things like going and getting drunk and stuff like that I know how quickly they can spiral and I also know then just how hard while they are so easy to get back they are then so hard they can be so hard to get rid of and they will take longer I'm also now a coach who wants to help people and I've got such a a vast amount of experience of different things that I've gone through that I will never ever say that I understand what people are going through I'll empathize because I don't feel you can understand something unless you've been through it but I'll empathize because I've had similar experiences and then for me to then just go I'm having a crap time I'm going to go and do all these different things and not show up for them then Mm -hmm it's not good enough um and yeah I don't think I've ever ever gone through a bad time and thought I'm looking forward to going back to work to help me yeah but that's that's changed now Mm. so that's and I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that's okay and that's easy for you at the moment to be that way because you're going into another cut but we both know as not others all know in this group that when you left your cut things didn't go swimmingly did they no because said said situation with my mum um coming out of the cut after being in obviously I was in a cut for longer Mm. when we eventually talked about the cut we talked about doing it to learn and it was that was the reasons why I did it and then it got longer because we then said about the shoe 
Um, so then I came out of it at sort of Christmas time, like coming into Christmas time, socialising a lot more than I had been and things like that. And and then I actually had this realisation that this could be the last Christmas that my mum's around and really was battling with what decision do I make versus I had to make a real, real strong decision last year to not talk to her anymore. Um, and I kept struggling with that. And for me, unfortunately, while I have addressed the drinking and had found some other things, the binge eating just came back with a major vengeance. Um, having tried to talk about that in the past with some with a counsellor and getting told when I told her just how much I could eat and how I would hide it and stuff like that just literally looking at me and saying you can't do that um I then never ever opened up about it um and then yeah so yeah it's it's something that I've had to recognize in myself that it's not that I had an alcohol problem as such it's not that I have a I my my issue is I, I didn't really learn how to control my emotions growing up and I haven't really learned properly where the extremes of some coping mechanisms go if that makes sense and remember we're talking and this is for the floor remember we're talking to someone who is probably one of the leanest females you'll have ever seen at this time this is not someone who looks like we're picturing as an overweight individual who's never been able to control we're talking about a person who lost a stupid amount of kilos and it, and genuinely is one of the leanest females I've ever seen in person. And we, and we still suffered with that. And this is why, well, this is why Danielle sat here today, that there's no one that there's no one in any position that doesn't struggle with this stuff. And it is obviously so relatable, but you struggled obviously for like, well, quite a long time. So, mm. and you, you used the word earlier because you were meant to go into a bulk and that, that whole bulk period of when that, structure and discipline was taken not taken away but less needed you never really overcame that until we finally got back into this cut phase and you said about feeling like a fraud and I'm sure there's many of us in here that have said they've got a PT or they're doing something or they're working towards something they feel like a fraud so if you're what's my question if you feel like a fraud for behavior like that then how do you overcome that? How do you convince yourself that you're not a fraud and that you're learning? Or do you not? Um, I didn't. I didn't know, to be honest. I didn't know how to overcome it. I kept trying and trying and trying. Um, and I sounds really bad but this current time that I'm trying to deal with and bits has just I'm actually really proud of myself of how I am coping and dealing with it and it I don't like that this situation has had to be the thing that's opened my eyes but what it's made me do like I, I drove back from Wrexham on the Friday night just yeah. wanting to go and get her to have a drink but I didn't 
um and I drove back then again I drove up early hours of Saturday drove back in back again on the Sunday and I drove back at a time where the pubs were still open and I literally thought about it and then said now nah, you want to go to the gym tomorrow and did that and then I realized that I'm not actually a fraud as such I'm a human being and then and I've talked about that I've, I've talked to my I've even talked to my clients about it and talked to them about the fact that while I can coach them and things like that I'm I also do go through these things and and it wasn't it's not been talked about in a I, any sort of pity way towards me um but just more that I'm being accountable for my own things if that makes sense mm. just being relatable isn't it like yeah we all struggle and I think it's quite your habits your behavior triggers haven't changed you've changed the action you take like you've changed your habit loop to an extent and you still work on it and again I think that I want to drive home the fact that this could be any one of us on this hot seat going through the same thing that will have had different triggers but with how we you've found a position where something's made you feel really good and you've managed to fix it and and probably because of your relationship with your mum and the way you grew up that actually your your rebellion to the fact of being the same person has led you to love in the gym because you won't be that same person and I think everyone whilst some people may sit and listen to this and think well it's great for you that you managed to do this in a time of grief not everyone can but it's about finding solace in the things that you do and finding support in the things that you do that's important here and I think probably it's probably quite a hard watch for a lot of people to one see someone upset and go through it very recently and still be brave enough to talk about it but two not everyone responds in that way but I think it's important that we also talk about people can find something that is our escape like that escapism so we always joke I mean from the day I've met you we've joked about you running away from your problems and you should see a counsellor I was shocked to hear that you actually had one of those as well at the time but it's about finding that thing that makes you feel good alongside the things you need to do Mm -hmm. Um, okay so as always then I'm going to get you to expand on your question that James technically asked then I'm going to do the question that you're going to ask and then we're going to do quick fire questions after so you've overcome so much and you're in a different position. Like you're an entirely different person from when I first met you to probably when James first met you on the shoot, like an entirely different person, Tam as well. What's the future? Because all I've heard about there is Danielle who didn't have a great relationship with her mum, rebelled from the fact of the way she was, has used fitness as an escape away from bad habits and emotional triggers and all those things to someone that is now a PT leading people who has imposter syndrome and sometimes feels like a fraud. So what is the future? What is, what, where do you go from here? How do you get better? How do you get stronger? Um, um, for me, it is, I, I, for me, it's about seeing other people do do the same thing. So for me, I think I, for me, my future is keep obviously the way that I'm going and keep building myself and, and things like that and go through different things to learn and stuff like that. But 
I really, really, really want to know that I've I've helped other people find ways to be well, that when they get diagnoses about various different things, that it's not the end of the world um, and it's not telling them that they can't they can no longer do what they maybe thought they could do and stuff like that and actually make other people like get as many people for me it's get as many people to realize just what they can do and it doesn't have to be going and smashing out a marathon it doesn't have to be lifting things like I'm lifting that's what I enjoy doing but it's just about for me I'm going to grow from seeing other people grow yeah big I think I think there'll be many people that resonate that anyone in management anyone that does anything that's that's very very consistent with how it makes people feel okay quick fire then start what is your question for the next person um so mine was hang on I've written it down um if a friend or family member was to come to you and say they want to have a coach and what's the top reason you tell them to go ahead with it Oh, great question. What's the top reason to say yes? Okay, right. We've got just under five minutes. Quick fire questions. Anyone speak up because I know that was powerful, but I do mean quick fire so everyone gets a chance. Kaylee's come off mute. I've seen it. Yeah, mine wasn't a question. It was just to say thank you, really. Like, um, so much of the stuff, and you, you know this, Danielle, because we've had conversations in the gym, resonates with me. And it's just, I appreciate the more people that speak up about these things. Like you say, the more people you'll help. So just thank you for sharing and being vulnerable tonight. Thank you. Steph, you've come off mute. Oh, that's what I do. I watch your little microphones now I'll disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, also not, not a question, but again, just to say thank you for um, for opening up. Um, I, I can certainly kind of empathise with, with mum and having mental health my mum's got a borderline personality disorder and I kid you not my mum's put me on a diet since I was nine so um and you know that's resulted in a lot of emotional eating and stuff like that so I can certainly resonate with with all of that so thanks for um, opening up about that anyone else Tam I think you've come off mute yeah I just just again not a question um but no well done Danielle it's I know how hard it is because obviously when I went first opening up was quite hard but obviously we've spoke a lot about kind of the situation maybe not as much as today but like it's 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 important to open up and talk to people but no well done watching the microphones same again Kirsty Kirsty potentially is still trying to put a child to bed which she was at the start but she said same again thank you so much for the vulnerability um Emma and James. Yeah, James said to me, do you have a question? I said, no. I said, he said, do you have one? I said, no again. Um, but yeah, no, Danielle, really well done. Like we know you're going through a hard time and to do this, especially now at the moment, has probably been not very easy, but you know, you've always got everybody here and that's what this whole thing is about. So oh, well done. Sure, yeah, definitely. Thank you. I am, I am a bit conscious that we didn't obviously talk much about like the thyroid stuff and things, but uh, everyone knows um, about your thyroid now and we've yeah, learned that exactly. you take medication and we spoke about it earlier and I, why do I not why did I not personally bring it up today B- 
because actually like we spoke about earlier the biggest thing that's helped your thyroid is all the things that everyone should do anyway yeah as you said your medication helps your body produce a hormone your sleep your training your nutrition your stress management is the main thing that helps you progress so everyone in this group within reason will or should be doing that anyway and I wanted to but I wanted to talk more about the fact that you've not been defined by that you've also not been defined by the the issues that you've suffered as a child or with your relationship with your mum but actually how you've overcome it and I think for me coming over or overcoming things like such as addictive drinking not being alcoholic but using that as grief management being much better and emotional eating of grief management or stress management is also more important than saying to someone yeah danielle's got a thyroid problem but she still got shredded as fuck like that isn't it's not that it's not relevant it's a barrier you've overcome but i actually think that for you you probably wouldn't see it as as big as a barrier as the other things you've overcome and i certainly don't because you've proved to everyone whoever wants to use it as an excuse again it's not really a barrier if you manage it um Raj, I think Raj is possibly in the gym somewhere and she's also said thank you and it is really brave open up and I thank you and obviously we spoke about it earlier as well like it's really brave to to come on so raw and like you say you don't even like asking and telling people you're struggling and you you it took you ages to write a Facebook comment and here you are on the same evening talking about it for 40 minutes so it's another thing you've overcome I will let you all go um and I will get this uploaded for everyone else to realize how powerful it is to I suppose thrive on helping others as well. So thanks, Danielle. And I will speak to you all very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.